Welcome to the Mac Attack Show, and I'm excited today as I have my friend, my brother, my boy. Give it up for Ja Ree Evans. What up, man? How you doing? Okay. We're, we're good. We're good, man. We're happy to have you on the show, man. It's a joy and an honor. Um, I've known you for quite some time, but the public may not be fully aware of who you are. So if you just don't mind taking a few moments and just telling us about yourself, where you're from, are you a family man, and what you're currently doing in life. Yeah, man. Uh, Jari from Philadelphia. Um, went to Bloomsburg, undergrad. Uh, got drafted out of Bloomsburg in 2006 to the New Orleans Saints. Um, I was an exercise science major at BU. Played uh, four years there, had uh, won a lot of games, and um, was uh, able to get drafted by New Orleans Saints in 2006 in the fourth round. Um, played for New Orleans for 11 years, from 2006 to 2016, and played in Green Bay my last year in 2017. Was uh, able to win a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 44 with the New Orleans Saints. And, um, yeah, now retired back home in the Philadelphia area, uh, graduated from UM grad school in 2017 and, um, just using my education and my, and my sports background and my resources I've, I've, uh, gained through playing football through college, through life and applying those skills and, and things to, uh, business after football. Um, I currently, um, own a restaurant on two restaurants here in the Philadelphia area, I've uh, been doing real estate since 2007 and uh, have other investments and in other things as well. Awesome. Awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing that with us, man. It sounds like football was a major part of your life. It was a huge impact. It had a huge impact on your life and it was a major influence on who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Tell us how fun was it to play professional football, college football and professional football? Uh, it was very fun. I, I didn't, you know, I played football at an early age, but I didn't play organized football with uh, pads on until ninth grade in high school. Um, always loved the sport. Always loved what the what it represents, the teamwork of it, um, coming together as one to to accomplish a goal. And everybody wants to be a champion, uh, winning games together, losing games together on, on you know on the on the other side of it. But just the things that you learn in football, the hard work. Um, you know, preparing for a game, you know, coming down from a game and getting your body ready to go into the next game is uh, very, very crucial. And uh, the relationships and the friendships that you build along the way, relying on others to, to accomplish the goal at hand, you know, having trust and, and understanding what it takes to, to be successful. And, uh, you know, being able to, 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 to persevere in certain situations and then things like that as a group. But uh, football is... And I think not just football, but sports in general, you know, coaches are a lot of times become mentors, become father figures or mother figures or, you know, parents outside the home. So having those relationships and, and those guidance and, and, and their teaching, you know, helped me to be the person I am today. Absolutely. We both shared uh, a few years on the football field together and our coaches still have an impact on our lives. Coach Hale, Coach McBrien so many others, Coach Perkins, I can't even name them all, but yeah. you're right. Uh, coaches can have a major impact on a young man's life. For many, they are a father figure, 
And I thank God for good coaches that are not just X's and O's, but also care about the person. So, Right. And the best coaches are educators. You know, they, they work in the school systems, whether it be in middle school, high school and college and, and the bet, you know, they're teachers, even at the professional level. You know, the best coaches and the pros are, are the coaches that understand the importance of not just showing a player what to do, but teaching them concepts, making them understand it and see, you know, outside the X's and O's, you know, the, the big picture, you know, the little picture along with the big picture. So, so yeah, the best coaches are educators, in my opinion. Absolutely. I agree 1 million percent. So you talked a lot about teammates and camaraderie, which is a, a tremendous dynamic aspect of the game. One of the things that I learned about teammates are some are all business. Some are absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you share with us any teammate stories or camaraderie stories uh, that that are PG thirteen, because uh, I know what the locker room, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. But can you tell us any stories or any teammates that you had that stick out in your mind that were absolutely hilarious and what made them so memorable? Yeah, um, you know, as you as you know, kind of different than a lot of other sports. You know, football, you got forty to fifty to sixty guys in the locker room, so you run into a lot of different people from different areas, different walks of life, different upbringing. Um, the one thing is just, you know, we always had a guy, he was like kind of the wild guy out there. I, I'll give two stories, one in college and, and one of the pros. In college, and you probably know this guy, he, he used to, you know, he, he was he was a hard hardworking player. He, he wasn't, I don't think he started it maybe until his last year, maybe a few games, but he always, um, he always wanted to prove that he could lift all the weights. Like he was a workout guy. Like he, he thought his way to get on the field was being the strongest guy. We'd be looking at him like, oh, and when test time comes, you can't lift all those weights. We know you can't do it. We know you can't do it. And he will always hype, psych himself up to get it done. Like all the time. We're like, you train with you, work out with you, and you couldn't do it. And and Lord behold, he wound up not being able to do it and wind up maybe hurting himself and out for a few games. And we're just like, why are you doing this? Like, it's not funny, but it's just like, we do he would always, you know, understand. But he was like, why are you doing this? So that was one story. But in the pros, um, you know, there's a few stories. Um, I'm trying to think of one exactly. I'll give you one outside the locker room. We were out one night having a good time as, you know, New Orleans is a fun place. And one of our teammates decides, and we're celebrating, and, and you know, I think it's our rookie year. We're celebrating, and we're going, we're going to the NFC champ. We're in the playoffs, and going to the NFC championship. And one of our rookie class guys decides to pour a bottle of champagne over, <laughs> over one of our teammates, and um, and we're just like, and he's like, what, what are you doing? Like, like I'm out. I'm dressed. Like, why are you doing this? And he thought it was fun. And he just looked at him with the most disgusted look on his face. Like, and he was just like, you know, this is how I do it. It's like, no, this is not college. Like, we're not, we're not doing this. Like, we're the pros. Like, I got to go change my clothes and all this other stuff. So that was, you know, one story. I'm trying to think of some other ones. But um, that was a few. Another one's like, you know, guys will, guys will challenge to do anything. I mean, you got guys playing basketball in the locker room with rolled up socks and, and betting, you know, betting on anything. Like, I bet you I can make this shot. Or I bet you I can do this with the tape ball and stuff like that. But uh, 
I'm pretty sure there's probably a few other things that are, that are hilarious. Maybe I'll think of it as the, as the show goes on. No, that's but, good, um, man. That's classic <laughs> material, man. Um, you you had a few teammates in the NFL that I personally thought was hilarious. Um, I won't say names, but uh, one guy in particular, uh, he's noted uh, for a soundbite recently. He he would say, uh, "We have the MVP, woo woo, uh, the Heisman yeah. Trophy winner." Um, oh, uh, <laughs> off the field, I don't think people know how hilarious that guy is. Um, yeah, he's funny. Another guy that went to the same college as he did, um, has silver hair, absolutely hilarious, plays safety. Yeah, you talk about Mark and Roman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Roman yep. I wasn't going to say any names, but those those Bama boys are absolutely hilarious. hilarious. Um, Roman was the guy that got the champagne poured in his head by Zach. Okay. And, and you know both of those guys that – you know, completely different guys. And Zach's like spraying champagne. Then he pours it over Roman's head. Roman was so pissed. He was so pissed. Wow. He was like, yo, he just looked at me. I was like, Zach, don't, don't you even think about doing that to me. <laughs> so I'm going to share one story. Um, and, and that reminds me that offensive linemen are usually the most hilarious players on the team. So for those that don't know, you see the big guys – and you think they're all serious because they're all big and husky. But those guys actually usually have the best personality. Uh, I had a teammate in college who, I'll never forget, after homecoming, we won a big game against our rival. And apparently, he was drunk out of his mind. And he said he thought he saw me being chased by the police. <laughs> and so he took all of his clothes off on Main Street and grabbed a flagpole from a bank and started chasing the police saying, hey, come and get me. And, and there was video. It went viral. It was crazy. And the next morning, he said, hey, man, I, I love you, brother. I said, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wasn't out there, but, man, I appreciate the love, but that teammate and I are still friends to this day. Love him dearly. It just goes to show how much he had my back. He was willing to do that. He got suspended. Right. <laughs> but on but account. yeah, on my account, and I wasn't there. I, I had witnesses that could verify it wasn't me. But uh, but I appreciate the teammate love all the same, man. So speaking about teammates, one other thing that this uh, crosses my mind. You have uh, you have some teammates. Um, one in particular, I'm thinking of Malcolm Jenkins, mm -hmm. huge advocate for social justice. Uh, historically, there have been people, and in recent history, many talk about Kaepernick, uh, Eric Reed, many others. There have been some athletes who have been very active in social justice, and some have not. Right. Uh, do you feel that professional athletes? can make a difference in communities, whether it be for social justice, uh, feeding the hungry, uh, education programs. Do you feel that you all have the capacity to make a difference in a person's life? Most definitely. Um, you know, I I've said this a lot on different shows and, and different things. Um, you know, our generation here or the younger generation, they're seeing it from Kaepernick, Malcolm. Uh, you know, Reed, Russell Okun, Richard Sherman, you know what I mean? All these guys that are that are currently still playing, which is great. But, you know, let's not forget the Jim Browns. You know what I mean? The the um, the old school guys that played in that that played in the 
different era than I, different era than us that where it was way worse. And you know, you just saw, you just saw the first African American offensive lineman go into the Hall of Fame, and he played in the twenties, in the twenties. So you know, you, you think about those things. I mean, there are players, and I've said this before, like there are players before us that sacrificed a lot more than just you know their careers or or a paycheck or a contract you know what i'm saying so yes players do and have made a difference as far as in the social world and always in the community um because you know they're the face that the urban community sees um you know and those players and those 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 black and brown faces have multiplied since the early 20s, 30s, and 40s in, in all aspects of sports, not just football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey. You got, you know, more black players now than you ever had. So, um, yeah, I think we, we do. Um, we're, we're able to to not just make a difference, but it's about education. And I, and I think that there are guys that are doing it the right way, and there are guys that may not be doing it the way that other guys are doing it, but they're still doing it. So as long as you have the ability to do it, whether it's in the mainstream or whether if it's, you know, without the cameras in front of you or the radios or the publicity that comes with it, then, you know, that's good. Um, and uh, there's a lot of guys doing things that, that don't even get talked about. And I think the biggest, the biggest issue is that, you know, these millionaires, multimillionaires and billionaires that own these teams and own these production companies, they don't know what it what it's like to grow up in the inner city. They don't know, you know, the struggles that come along with that. So they can't even, I mean, I'm not going to say they can't, but they don't know what comes along with it. They, ne- they haven't experienced it. They right. haven't experienced it. So sometimes it's hard for them to even figure out or figure out what's the best route to, to help. So I think they rely on a lot of, you know, their employees, a.k.a. the players or whatever, to enlighten them. And a lot of players have, and a lot of the players are showing, you know, are bringing to light, you know, things of that nature. So, I mean, yeah, Malcolm is doing great. Uh, he's been doing great stuff, in, you know, in his pro career. And so has a lot, a lot of other guys. And um, Jim Brown and, and, and Will Chamberlain and, and all those old school guys, Bill Russell's, I think that they have done a lot too. Jackie Robinson. You know, a lot of those guys have done a lot, too, in the, in the world of sports, and, and, and I think guys will continue to do the same. Amen. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate that. And one of the things that a lot of people don't know, they, they look at professional athletes and say, oh, they make all of that money. But I would argue many, maybe not all, but many players give back. And, and so it's good to see that, that these professional athletes do have a, an impact in their community. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, a lot of players, you know, they understand the goals and aspirations of the youth because they were once the youth that had those goals and aspirations. So my goal in doing the free football camp that I did for over a decade was to put professional athletes in the presence of these inner city children. And, you know, our first year we started out with 60 kids and then our last year we had close to 400. And and um, and it was great. And because of those camps, you know, I have about three to five guys in the NFL right now who has gone to my camps. Wow. You know, that puts an age on me instead of how old I am. But, 
And you know, my high school has two Super Bowl champions right now, myself and, and another guy that came after me who went to my camps, wound up going Division One, played for Nebraska, and wound up being on that that um, <clears throat> that Broncos team. So, you know, just being just for them, I, I saw how it was <clears throat> how it benefited them just seeing and Temple University have always supported my camps every year and they brought out their athletes as well. So you know, you get you put you put college in front of them. You put the pros in front of them. And you let these guys share their stories. Coming up, Mark Ingram has come to my camp. Alshon Jeffries, Malcolm Jenkins, Sproles, all these guys. Roman Harper's. You know, guys from from different walks of life, different different states, different universities, and let them talk to the youth and you know and let them understand. Like, listen, they can do they can do it also because we we were once in their shoes. So. Um, you know, that was one way that, that I was able to to let these children know like they can reach all the goals and aspirations that they want and that they're great and they can strive to be great. And, you know, they don't have to to, to go, you know, other routes to, to get what they want if they work hard and these guys in front of them approve, approve for that. And, you know, they want to try the guys too. They want to line up against them and, and test their skills out and see and see how they stand. So... Um, so yeah, we, we do have a huge influence on the youth and the uh, next generation, you know, <clears throat> after us. And, um, and, you know, that, that was just one way that I, that I did things. Also going to these schools and talking to the, to the children and letting them know, you know, just, just, just your story. Yeah. I met, I met Bill Cosby very early on in my career before, you know, all this stuff surfaced as of late. And um, and one thing that sticks with me that he told me was just share your story. You know what I'm saying? And, and and I and I do that a lot when I talk because my story is me. You know, my story is unique from everybody else's story. So, and it's it's inspirational playing, coming from you know not playing my senior year in high school to getting a scholarship to play Division Two to being drafted out of Division Two, to going to you know five six Pro Bowls, five All Pros, to winning a Super Bowl. <clears throat> you know, and, and trials and tribulations that came along the way. So, and uh, that's something that always stuck with me. So those are things that I share um, with the youth. And, um, and and you got tons of players that do the same thing. So when people sit sit back and tell you, you know, just be an athlete, just be a player, just do this, just do that. No, that's what you want us to do. We're going to do what we want to do and what we what we feel ben- not, not benefits us, but benefits the generation after us. Awesome, awesome. So, many people may not know your story, but awesome testimony of resilience, perseverance, and faith. Senior year, going into your senior year, you're playing pickup basketball, you're being recruited by Division One programs, and I think you blow your ACL, t- tear your knee. Yeah, I uh, fractured my... Uh... <clears throat> Fracture my uh, my tibia right below my like patella. That's right, right. Yeah. And yep. so your senior year, you don't play football. A lot of people, um, I guess, recant their offer. Yeah, you go on a recruiting trip to a Division two program with your friend who was all city, uh, yep. your best friend, uh, Sean mm-hmm. Williams. Mm-hmm. You all come to. He decides to come to Bloomsburg. Uh, I believe he speaks on your behalf. Coach gives you a shot, and you made the best out of that situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, my senior year, um, 
I was unable to play. We still went to the city championship. We lost that year to to uh, the same team we lost to in the regular season. And, you know, that year coach told me, our coach told me, like, listen, whoever comes through to see to see our, you know, our all-city guys and our seniors, you know, you, you, you're, you're going to let you see them as well. So, you know, before then, my junior year, I was being recruited by Maryland and Virginia, Tennessee, all these letters from all these places. I had shoeboxes full because uh, our junior year, we went undefeated. We were one of the top four schools in the city. This was before the PIAA. They just brought back the PIAA where we now play schools out of our out of our city, which I wish we did back then. But this is before they, you know, we were in the PIAA like we are now. And um, so, yeah, he said that he'll let all the coaches that come through the school see me. And, and that's where I met Coach Dara, who, uh, who's been coaching the Bloomsburg the last, head coach of Bloomsburg the last couple of years, but recently just, um, you know, stepped down or been released. And, you know, me, if he was there to see our guys, Sean was one of them, a couple other guys, and he saw me, went up for a visit. Uh, we also went to Dell State. <clears throat> uh, Temple, you know, Dell State offered me a full ride. Temple offered me full academic ride there too. Um, <clears throat> a couple other schools, North Carolina A&T. A couple schools wanted me to walk on, uh, Villanova and some other schools. But, you know, Bloom, I went up to Bloom and, and liked it. The Poconos was, was definitely different from North Philadelphia. <laughs> and, uh, and Bloom was coming off a national championship berth. You guys had just went to the national championship and you guys were on the radar with the NFL. I saw scouts there, and, you know, I knew that uh, as long as I took care of what I needed to take care of, you know, it, it was an opportunity. Amen. That goes to show you it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you make the best out of your situation and take care of what you need to do, you can make it in life. So great testimony. So I want to talk to you a little bit about life after football. We've talked about your foundation and some of the things you've done, which is great. We've talked about football, uh, but you have made a great transition. And, and I want to put some things in context. So while I was in college, I met you, but I also met a man who played basketball at St. Joe's named Delonte West. Yeah. Um, Delonte West has recently gone viral and praying for him and his family and, and all of those dealing with mental health matters and whatever else he's dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a testimony that some people make it to professional sports and they may make tremendous amount of money. However, things don't always work out after basketball or after football. What has helped you make the transition from being a pro ball player, business owner, and executive, uh, dealing in corporate America. What what has helped you make that transition? Um, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, yeah, I saw that clip of Delonte, and um, we have we have some mutual friends that that um, that I know, and hopefully he's okay and he seeks you know the help that he needs. Um, I don't think he has a you know financial issues. Uh, but, um, you know, hopefully somebody close, you know, gets to him right away and, um, you know, help him out mentally. And, that, and that's another thing before I get into that, you know, just because, you know, we're, we're playing professional sports or we're in the Olympics or, you know, all that stuff. You know, a lot of 
a lot of people have the same issues as people as not in professional sports because we're all human, you know. So I know sometimes, you know, we're looked at as superheroes, but <laughs> but we're, we're but we're human. But um, the one thing I think helped me in my transition was I've always tried to um, educate myself th- throughout my career. Uh, I never stopped learning. Um, you know, I didn't graduate Bloom until after my rookie year in 2007. I still had six credits, so I had to go back and get those credits to get my bachelor's. And then throughout my NFL career, I took advantage of programs that the NFL offered. I went to the Ross Business School in Michigan, who's owned by the owner of the Dolphins, uh, Mr. Ross, who is a graduate of Michigan. I went to restaurant boot camp, and then I uh, went to um, University of Miami for grad school. So, you know, because the one thing we do know is that, you know, our careers, NFL stands not for long. Now, you know, luckily, I was able to play 12 years. Uh, I invested in some good things. I invested in some not so good things. So um, that, that's that's investing. But um, I was happy with my career. I had a successful career. Um, I was I was, you know, it's very rare that somebody plays somewhere for 11 years. I was able to do that. We had a great group of guys in that building, you know, great staff, good coaches. And New Orleans isn't the easiest environment. It's a lot of distractions. Uh, so, you know, I was able to overcome those distractions and, and overcome obstacles along the way. But, you know, family plays a huge part in that. Who you surround yourself with plays a huge part in that. You know, friends um, who are like family and, and your environment. You know, you could be you could be from somewhere but not be – you know, not be a product of that. I mean, you're always a product of that environment, but not do the negative things that could outshadow the good things that you're doing or the positive things or the things you want to do in life. You know, you know, playing, being professional, being a, a professional athlete and playing the NFL was, was one goal of mine, was one goal of mine that I was able to accomplish. You know, I have other mm-hmm. goals that I haven't accomplished, but I have other goals that hopefully I do accomplish. Um, you know, being married and being a father is one of them. So, you know, there, there are other things <clears throat> that, you know, I look to do and hopefully I can and will and put, put my mind, heart and soul towards it. Um, but, um, but yeah, be, being able to live out my dream as, as a professional football player, it, it was awesome. And uh, I cherished those moments and, and uh, it was fun. And, and, I, and I was glad that I was able to have success. Uh, there are a lot of guys in the league that don't, that don't able that aren't able to have a lot of success and it's not because of you know their personal skill set it it just didn't work out as as a team for them or organization during their time so um, i was blessed to to have that to have the the team and organization and the players to where we were able to achieve something great um yeah so but after football, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's after football. I'm not physically playing on the field, <laughs> but, you know, I still go to the games. I'll always be a saint. Um, you know, I always have relationships with the Bensons, you know, their family. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Benson. He, he was a great owner. And, uh, and you see how that organization has changed over the last, you know, 10, 11, 12 years. And um, <clears throat> so, so, yeah, so it – you know, life of football is just really just not playing and some free time, well, more free time um, than I had while I was playing. See, what people don't know is, you know, we, we really have a full day. People just see <laughs> game day on Sunday. 
you know, but we don't we don't have weekends. We don't have weekends off. We actually have one day off a week, which is Tuesday, which is barely a day off. They still coach some coaches still be like, come on in, get a workout in the run in and watch some film. But you know, we're in that building from eight to four thirty. And nine out of ten times I was in the building at seven getting ready for eight o'clock meetings. <clears throat> and, you know, once practice and meeting up the practice was over, some people stay late later watching film. You know, Drew was one of those guys that he didn't really get out of there until eight, nine o'clock sometimes. So, you know, it's really a, a long day for us in the facility outside of just game day. So um, being able to, to have those hours back, spending time with family and friends, um, you know, it's great. So <clears throat> and uh, I'm still doing things and keeping busy and trying to make sure I, I stay in shape. I don't need to be 340 pounds anymore. So. That's one thing I'm working on. <laughs> but uh, so far, life at the football is good. I'm able to do things and travel a little bit more, spend time with, with family and friends, like I said. So it's, it's been cool. Jari Evans, ladies and gentlemen. If you're ever in South Philadelphia, check out SOMO, SoFi, SOMO of South Philly. Great Sophie. restaurant. Sophie. If you ever have – I'm sorry. Somo Sophie, yeah. It's, uh, Somo Sophie, yeah. Yeah, sure for South Philly, but uh, Somo yep. Sophie right there, 13th and Packer. That's right. Yeah. Also, if you have a moment, if you're free, go check out a Philadelphia Soul football game. Jari is involved in the front office there, and he has other businesses as well. Awesome family man. If you ever see his son, he looks just like Jari. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, beautiful wife, great personality. Um, and she has brains too. Um, she was in the medical field and they earned their uh, MBA together. Is that correct? That is correct. I don't think we'll go back to school together. She, she got that, but uh, <laughs> we definitely <laughs> oh, was in class, okay. <laughs> class together for two years. So that was, uh, that was an experience. <laughs> but for the couples out there, you can do it. You can work together. It's yes, a beautiful yes. thing. Uh, they've been married now for quite a few years. In fact, I officiated their wedding, so that was a joy to see them come together and for them to stay together. Jari, I have one last question, man. Yeah. Uh, big day is coming up. Super Bowl. Yeah, man. Super Bowl 44 champion. What's your prediction for this Super Bowl? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs, man. I think um, I think Andy Reid got a squad with him, and uh, I think they get it done, man. They're fast. They got a good guy at QB. He, he can he can do it all, man. He can make all the throws. And they got a lot of track speed out there, a lot of 4-2 guys. Um, you know, San Fran's not going to be no pushover, though. They're, they're coached very well by uh, by Shanahan, and, and, they, and they got a good staff. And, and they got some good players, too. I didn't realize they had a lot of those guys on defense that they do have that uh, came over this year from other teams. But uh, it, it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. But I'm going to go with Andy Reid and Greg Lewis over there and Eric Bieniemy and the coaching staff over there with those guys and, and, the, and the players that they have. So that's what I'm going to rock with. Now, you grew up a diehard Eagles fan. Is this Andy yeah. Reid choice? Any <laughs> bias? You know, is <laughs> 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 I knew you would catch that. A little bias, you know. Everybody here right now, but but Greg Lewis, he was on the coaching staff in New Orleans my last year there. Uh, he, you know, he was a wide receiver here in Philly. I watched him growing up. Um, Eric Bieniemy, he was on that. He was on that staff, I think, 
Philadelphia and Minnesota that we beat in the in the championship game. So I, I know some guys that he knows. We we have you know we have some guys in common. And but, he's the uh, bros. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. There you go. See, look. See, there you go. And uh, Lashawn is on that team. Me, me and Shady are cool. You know, played against. You played against his brother Leron at, at IUP. And you know, I know Leron. You know, Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, man. You know, few few connections on that squad. So um, and Suggs is over there too. I, I didn't even realize he was there. Terrell Suggs is there. Yeah, T Sizzle is over there in Kansas City. Um, like you said, yeah. Shady is there. He hasn't gotten as many opportunities as as many expected, but he is part of a loaded backfield. So I have not been watching football. For those of you that are wondering, I haven't really been watching football the last couple of years. However, I am I do stay caught up via the apps or just talking to people. And I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to go ahead and say who I think is going to win. Who you got? Defense wins championships. <laughs> yep. So I've got San Francisco winning their sixth Super Bowl title. I've got San Fran beating the offensive juggernaut Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I would love okay. to see Andy Reid win, but I'm, I'm picking San Fran. But either way, it's going to be a good game. For all of you who go to Super Bowl parties, be safe. Enjoy your time. And take some lessons from this podcast. Uh, Jari showed us that dreams do come true. It's great to have knowledge. It's great to have a, a good circle around you. That helped him transition from life after playing on the football field and now being an owner. So many great lessons we got from this podcast. Ja, I want to thank you, man. This is my my friend, my fraternity brother, my chapter brother, my Neo. Love him dearly, man. Yeah. Blood couldn't make us any closer. So thank you for being on this podcast, taking time from your busy schedule of being a business owner, a husband and a father, and blessing us today on the Mac Attack Show. Any last words you want to say for the people? Uh, no, man, anytime you want me on, just, you know, don't hesitate to call. Uh, you know, no, no worries at all, man. Appreciate you having me. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting down there to see you and the family and, um, you know, checking you out. So, Cool, man. Everybody, this is Mac Attack Show. This is the first episode of Like a Boss. We talk about people who are uniquely dope, like our last series, innovators, but also who are bosses in respective fields. Jari, the business owner, but he also stood out on the field. Uh, he excelled not only on the field, but also off the field as a philanthropist, as a, an activist, as a player. And now he's just a stand-up, all-around guy. So we thank God for you. This is us signing off. Have a great day.